a great yearning inside every person to know God. From the very beginning, we were made to know God. And there is something in us that wants to know our Creator. We yearn to know that God has broken through into our world. And it's not enough to know that God is just up there or out there somewhere. We want to know that God has come down to where we are. We want to know that He knows where we live. We want to know that He knows our names, that He cares about us, that He has walked this lonesome valley the same way that we do. We want to know that we are not alone in this universe. All the prophets spoke of this universal yearning that was within the human heart. Joel, Joel spoke about it. So did Malachi, Hosea, Jeremiah, Daniel, Ezekiel. But no one spoke more eloquently about this universal yearning of the human heart than Isaiah did. 700 years before the birth of Christ, during the reign of King Ahaz, Isaiah predicted the birth of the one who would be God coming to dwell with humanity. Isaiah 7.14 predicts an absolutely stunning event. A virgin would conceive something that has never happened before and will never has never happened since and give birth to a son named Emmanuel. From that title comes one of the most beloved Christmas carols, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and Ransom Captive Israel, that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. O come, thou rod of Jesse, free thine own from Satan's tyranny. From depths of hell thy people save, and give them victory over the grave. O come, thou dayspring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy cloud of night, and death's dark shadow put to flight. O come, thou key of David, come, and open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high and close the path to misery. O come, desire of nations, bind in one the hearts of all mankind. Bid thou our sad division cease and be thine our king of peace. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Now let's run the clock forward 700 years and we come to the moment when Joseph, having discovered that Mary is pregnant and suspects the worst, and so he decides to give her a private divorce to spare her from public shame. The angel of the Lord came to him in a dream with the reassuring news that the baby inside her womb was not the product of fornication, was not the product of sexual immorality, but has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. The angel instructs Joseph to call the baby Jesus, which means God saves or saviour, because he will save his people from their sins. Then the angel quotes Isaiah 7, 14, with its prophecy of the virgin birth and the name Emmanuel, which means God with us or God is with us. Of all the names of Christ this morning, perhaps none is more significant than Emmanuel because it gives us Jesus' ultimate identity. He is God come down from heaven in the form of a tiny baby. Theologians call this incarnation. 
a term that means to take on human flesh, to be born as a human. John 1, 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we have seen His glory, the glory as of a Father's own Son, full of grace and truth. John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word wrapped Himself in human flesh, in the same way, when you get up out of bed in the mornings, you wrap yourself in your dressing gown. Who does that? Just me? In the same way, the Son of Man descended from heaven to earth and wrapped himself in the fragile body of a tiny Jewish baby in a stable. In a little town called Bethlehem, in a forgotten corner of the Roman Empire called Judea. God did not send Christ, one man said, to us. God came to us in Christ. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. That tiny, helpless baby is the God who created the universe. He came from his side to our side without ever leaving his side. So this morning I want to focus on the word Emmanuel, which means, as I said before, God with us. There are three words in that phrase and each one teaches us something about who Jesus really is. The first word is God in the phrase. It is precisely, it precisely identifies the baby born in Bethlehem as the divine son of God who came from heaven to earth. In 1 Timothy 3.16, it states that God was manifest in the flesh. One modern translation says that Christ appeared in human form. This means that whatever else we may say, Jesus Christ is more than a mere man. He was truly human, but his ultimate identity goes far beyond humanity. He was God come down to earth in the form of a baby born of a virgin. Over the years I've come to understand that this is the doc- this that this is a doctrine of, of huge importance for the Christian faith. In many ways this is the central doctrine and everything else flows from it. If we can believe that God was born in human form from the womb of the virgin, we'll have no trouble with the concept of walking on water. Compared to to the incarnation, healing the sick and raising the dead isn't hard to believe either. And the resurrection itself makes perfect sense once you understand who Jesus really is. So let's make no mistake this morning about the importance of this truth to the Christian faith. It is central, it is fundamental, it is essential and absolutely non-negotiable. It is not some secondary issue about which we may have our own private opinions. This is truth that goes to the very core of what it means to be a Christian. Suppose we draw a circle and inside the circle are all true Christians. Everyone on the outside of the circle is not a Christian. Those on the inside are saved. Those on the outside are lost. Those on the inside are going to heaven. Those on the outside are not. And let's suppose from a moment, for a moment this morning, that this circle represents ultimate reality 
So that if you want to go to heaven, you've got to be inside the circle. The question then becomes, what is it that a person must believe to be inside the circle? There are several answers to that question, but one fundamental answer is that you must believe that Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. You must believe that the baby born in Bethlehem is more than just another baby. That he really and truly is the Son of God in human form. The Word made flesh that lives lives amongst us. If you don't believe that, if you deny that, you can't call yourself a Christian. You can call yourself religious. You can call yourself a churchgoer. And if you can't call yourself a Christian, then heaven is not your home. It's really as simple as that. It doesn't matter what else you believe about Jesus. If you deny the incarnation, you are not a Christian. You are not a Christ follower. And this is one of those rare points where all major Christian groups have always agreed. Protestants, Catholics disagree about many, many, many important issues. Catholics and Orthodox fight over many things. But on the incarnation... We are all in total agreement. This is a point that's so important that if you deny it, or if you decide that you don't believe in it, you have placed yourself outside the circle of true Christian faith. He is Emmanuel this morning, God with us. And as Christ followers, we gladly commit all that we are to him. Second thought this morning is God with us, a shepherd. The second word of Emmanuel reminds us that Jesus is not only God in flesh, he is also the shepherd we need when trouble comes our way. Ironically, we need the truth more than ever during Christmas time. This is the most loneliest time of the year for many people. For many, this year will be the first time where there will be an empty place at the table. A loved one has passed away or have been placed into a nursing home. Also, in the midst of the laughter, there is pain and sadness and grief and many are reminded of broken relationships. Some family get-togethers are like a war zone, aren't they? (laughs) Much of the drinking that does happen is just to cover the pain, isn't it? And most people feel exhausted and stressed as the big day approaches. There's an enormous pressure to find the money to buy presents to make loved ones happy. And during this difficult time of the year, for many people, we need to be reminded that the Lord knows all about our troubles. Jesus knows what others don't know about us. He knows all the hidden secrets, the inner fears, all the unspoken doubts about what tomorrow may bring. He knows the whole truth about you and about me. And he loves us anyway. And so the big question this morning is, what is your valley today? What is your valley today? Is it a valley of pain? Is is the valley that of, 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 of a loved one suffering? The valley of bad health? The valley of children or grandchildren going astray and being in trouble? The valley of broken promises and failed relationships. The valley of financial crisis. The valley of temptation. The valley of bitterness. Whatever valley you may be walking through today, the Lord Jesus knows who you are, 
and where you are. You are not lost or forgotten this morning. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Emmanuel, God with us in the darkest of dark valleys this morning. Our shepherd walks with us when we need him the most. Thirdly and finally, God is with us a saviour. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, the angel told Joseph, And you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 11, the angel announced to the shepherds, Today in the town of David a Saviour will be born to you. He is Christ the Lord. We never understand, we will never, sorry, understand who Jesus is until we realise that he came to save us from our sins. This is why he lived. This is why he died. This is why he rose from the dead. Luke 19.10, Jesus said, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And he saves us. And, and, and he saves all those who trust him in Him this morning. All those who trust in Him, He saves us. If our greatest need was to be educated, God would have sent a teacher. If our greatest need had, was, would, had been money, God would have sent a banker. If our greatest need had been advice, God would have sent a counsellor. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent an entertainer. But since our greatest need this morning is forgiveness, so God sent a saviour and His name is Jesus. He is the Christ, the Lord, the Son of God, who came from heaven to earth. And, and that brings us right back to the doctrine of incarnation. And to that big question, who is that baby born on Christmas Day? He is the divine Son of God from heaven, who in his earthly birth took on human nature. All that God is, and all that man is met in perfect union in Jesus Christ. He is fully God and fully man. The God-man who came to earth to save us from our sins. For those who face loneliness during this season, I urge you to take comfort in the fact that God's answer to loneliness is not a theory. It is not an abstract doctrine. It is not a book to read or a seminar to attend. It is not a better job or more friends or another movie to watch on your big flat screen TV. It is not even the beauty of another sunrise or another sunset. God's answer this morning to loneliness is wrapped up in the person of Jesus Christ. He is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. He is the only one who will never leave you or forsake you. Loneliness can be overcome through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ this morning. All that God has to say to us can be wrapped up 
in one word, Jesus. And not just any Jesus, but only the Lord Jesus Christ revealed in the New Testament. He alone is the Lord from heaven. He alone can save us. All that God has for you and for me is wrapped up in His Son. No matter what difficulty we face or the decisions that we must make, in the end, God leads us back to that simple one-answer question, Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you did not send an angel because an angel would never meet our need. And you did not say, read a book, as if a book alone could save us. When we were far gone in sin and hopeless, hopelessly lost. When there was no hope and we were doomed to eternal judgment, you came to us in the person of your Son, Jesus Christ. You did not forget us. You did not leave us alone. We bless you for remembering us in our misery and coming to save us through Christ the Lord. You clothed your Son with human flesh so that He might be our Saviour. Fill us with joy this Christmas season because if God be for us and if God be with us, who can be against us? This we pray in the name of Emmanuel, God with us, the Lord Jesus Christ. All God's people said, Amen. Amen.